When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it, Weekend Editions here. It's Hale Varsity Radio, or... On the road here at the Single Barrel, powered by your friends at Sauter and our friend Chuck from The Graduate in Minneapolis is in town for uh, Nebraska and Louisiana Tech. So a familiar face, good to see him. Mark Cranach in his football abode. To my right, Bill Dolman, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark back in studio. We're here for pregame at the Single Barrel inside The Graduate, 9th and P. Here till 2 ahead of Nebraska. Louisiana Tech. Cranach, what's a good word? Good to see you again. How's the week? Are you ready to don a black shirt today? Well, I think they're going to have to come in huge today, as they have last few days. By the way, look, I'm not one to, like, fish for this stuff. I'm really not. But it was my birthday yesterday, and you guys didn't get me anything. Didn't even acknowledge Krenak, it. You're not didn't on call s- me. Dude. Didn't send me a present. Didn't send me a gift card. Didn't any of that. And it's just I know I, you're I you're not you on social media. In yourself. I know you're not on social media. A lot of my friends, right. I remember yeah. their birthdays. I know you're September. I've always known you're September. There's still some September yeah. left. So forgive yeah. me on, on being late Elijah to that. And Bill, Elijah and Bill seem fine with it. They're just like, whatever, dude. Like, you, you didn't but, do anything I mean, for you're our 39. birthday. I think we should change that. As a group, we're here every Saturday, guys. Watching each other grow up, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I just think it's you're, you're important that we acknowledge again. it. Well, what what yeah. what did uh, what the kids get you? Well, wearing one of them. Uh, Ooh, nice! You know, got some gift card action. Not spending <laughs> it on you all. That's code for yeah. regifted. Uh, <laughs> did you get a world's best dad coffee mug? Because if not, that says a lot. You better got <laughs> you better have gotten about seven coffee mugs uh, for for taking uh, the little tyke to a suite last <laughs> last Saturday. Right. I got that a couple of years ago, Elijah. It, it, okay. it said "Rad Dad." All right, so you know. I think that, that's close I mean, enough. That works. Short and sweet. That's peak. At that point, where do you go from there? Right, like you have achieved Rad Dad status. But anyhow, anyhow, that's such with where we are these days, right now, with this. Uh, like everybody's chalking this up to a win today, right? Is anybody here concerned? Does anybody think? Are we all there already of just saying, like, okay, today's a win. How terrible are they going to look against Michigan? Like, how's that going to be? Well, Michigan's clearly, looking ahead. Michigan's clearly looking ahead to, to Nebraska as they're in a bar fight with Rutgers right now, 7-7. Seven to seven. They have been for a couple years now. Rutgers plays them tough. Well, there's some familiarity there. Uh, come find us here at yep. the single barrel. Home football Saturdays. We flex schedule the uh, – morning weekend edition till <laughs> to afternoons 
uh, with the home road game Saturdays. Again, we're powered by our friends at Sauter Heyman. Big thanks to Rick and company uh, for having that. Uh, Andy asks if we've had any bang bang shrimp or corn nuggets leftovers for breakfast. We were at the um, Herdat Sports Bar and Grill. No, uh, is the answer. We cleaned those things up, Andy, last night. We'll be back there next uh, Friday for Michigan at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill. So we love it. Guys, uh, it's really about ramping up for Nebraska. Cranach, you made a good point about, you know, you chalking. Forget, you forgetting his birthday? Well, no. Oh. <laughs> chalking. Right. Thank you, Bill. Chalking this thing up to a, to a win for Nebraska. Vegas seems to think it's going to be convenient and easy for Nebraska. 21-20 point number is where we're at, Elijah was doing the, the Lord's work a little bit ago explaining betting and how you can bet to another gentleman who's here enjoying a wonderful brunch and uh, how uh, you got to lay quite a bit of wood here to uh, to make money off Nebraska. Yeah, the, the number right now is Nebraska minus 1,400 on the money line. And if you're not familiar <laughs> with betting, that means you have to lay down $1,400 in order to win 100 So you put down 1400 In the event Nebraska wins, they give you back $1,500. So the 1400 you put down, and then that $100 win. So uh, Elijah Herbal's gambling advice today, don't lay down $1,400 on Nebraska. <laughs> uh, probably just stay away from this one. If you would have listened to my advice yesterday, you'd be get? feeling good. Uh, it gets up to, what, 4000 I think, is as yeah. high as it goes. So I think he put a hundy down on Law Tech. Uh, you could win 800, yes, right? Is that can. money line? Yes, that is the money line. So 800 uh, plus 800 is the money line for Louisiana Tech. I also don't think there's much value there. I think Nebraska is rightfully the favored team. I think three touchdowns is a little high. I think uh, that 1,400 on the money line is a little bit rough. So if you were to listen to me yesterday and put down your money on Clemson, as I said during the Friday forecast, you'd be feeling pretty good right now. A lot of football left. 10 nothing. Clemson leading 7-7. Seven seven Florida State just scored. Thank you. Thank you. Florida State's without their top safety or left tackle. They will uh, abide and figure it out in the second half. There's a little bit of Florida State love. Vic from Denver chimes in. Vic, uh, the tequila is marvelous. Daddy had some last night, but uh, he chimes in on Cranach. You've got a head injury and forgotten the recent history. Says there's no (laughs) such thing as a chalk-up victory. Just saying, Vic. There's not. There's not. We have learned that. But I'm just saying the the I don't the defense is playing so well, right? They're they're playing so well, and the Did offense. Did we just jinx was, them for today? Probably, yeah. That's what we're doing. Yep. Um, and the offense has been was was so ridiculous with turnovers those first two those first two games. And then you saw what they did last week against a look. Northern Illinois is not a total pushover defensively. Offensively, they're garbage, obviously. Um, but the way Nebraska, like that was the game. The, the game that was called in that stadium was one of the more comforting, like play calling games offensively that I've felt in there in a long time. Right. It was just finally like, don't overthink this stuff. Right. Of, of course, you got to throw it some. But if you're going to do it, do it off play action. I bet you, what, 75 percent of those throws were right. Like, I mean, not just know, any they, straight they just, drop backs. Yeah, they just kept it simple. They kept it simple. They, they allowed hein- Heinrich Harburg to be who he is. You know, they kept it on the ground for the most part, ran him a lot more times. I don't know. Everybody gets all worried about running the quarterbacks too much. But, come on, these are the 6'4", 220-plus pound dudes here. Um, so, I, I don't know. It was I, I got 
Didn't you come away from that game just a little bit more like, okay, if, if we can do that with regularity, games get shortened, not turning it over as much, right? Defense isn't on the field as much. Like, you give yourself a, a, a puncher's chance when you decide I, to play like that. I just don't know if that's portable against better teams. And that's that's my concern. Well, what's the, the alternative, uh, though, right? Like, the, the well, no, alternative no, the, the, the is game chucking plan it into was, NFL secondaries. Right. The, the game plan was – was was good. I didn't dislike it. I didn't like the reverse. <laughs> I didn't like the the pass protection. I liked the yeah. response after the turnover. Bill, bring you in, and no, I think it can work. I just think it's still going to be pretty lean for for points in Big Ten play for Nebraska. Well, I think last week's uh, game plan was uh, certainly tailored around what Heinrich Harburg can do, what he's comfortable with, call within that yeah. structure. And, of course, go to the head-scratcher uh, chapter of the playbook where you've got the reverse at the five-yard line or whatever it is that they were trying to do. There's always that one- or two-play sequence where you think, what are they doing there? But for the most part, uh, I'm sure that they had uh, significant meetings saying, what are you comfortable with? Mm-hmm. What do you, do you think you're, you, know, you could maybe do if we want to stretch the field or something? And I'm sure he'd probably let them know, look, I, I don't mind running the football. As he said in the postgame press conference, I'm a big dude, you know, paraphrasing. Right. I don't play. You know, I'm 230 pounds. I play that way, and I don't plan on, on sliding. I'm a physical quarterback. And so they were comfortable, I think, letting him do some of the same, same things in terms of running the quarterback that they've done with Jeff Sims, who they're very comfortable in letting him uh, run around. And I think as the game went on, Maybe that playbook got a little bit bigger last week because I, mm-hmm. he was much more of a serviceable backup playing the role of a starter than we've seen in a long, long time. As we talked about earlier in the week, I mean, this wasn't like throwing Andrew Bunch out there and just hoping for the best, right? Um, <laughs> Andrew Bunch is listening like, come on! Well, I mean, it, it, Bunch will chime in in the stream uh, shortly. Well, <laughs> okay, let's go back and chime in. you guys! <laughs> the, the, you know, the Matt Terman game, I don't think Nebraska was looking back in 1995 that, no. okay, or four, uh, that uh, Matt, Matt Terman is going to be a long-term guy. I think they can look at Heinrich Harburg and say, if this is our guy going forward, and he plays well this weekend, I think he'll be the guy against Michigan. And I think they feel confident in his ability, and Nebraska should. And a quick aside here before we get too deep into the football here. Clay, we have the comment up shout on the screen. Clay. Shout out, Clay. Shout out, Clay. He's at the hospital with the misses delivering there first, and he's got Hale Varsity Radio stream in bedside. Clay, hope the missus is yeah. okay with that if she's listening. Good luck. Have fun. <laughs> and uh, you got, uh, yeah, congrats, got uh, two, two and a half hour, or two hours to kick off. So yeah. uh, expedite the process. Yeah, but congrats to, to Clay and the missus. Uh, <laughs> or delay the process. In, <laughs> welcome in a new life to this world. Uh-huh, listen, honey, honey, can you hold out till about 7 p.m.? I want to get some posts. <laughs> wow. So, more likely, hey, can yeah. you hold out for half an hour? Brandon Vogel and Gary Sharp are about to join the show. I don't want to miss it. <laughs> Let me know how it's going. Just send me a text. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, that that's would, awesome. That would not have flied uh, for for Let Junior. Uh huh. Good luck. So, to you. yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, let's uh, spend a minute here about that theme of ramping up. I know we've talked about Harburg. I know we talked about play calling and, and, the, and the black shirts. And I am I am ready to uh, to, to hand them out. They, they've been handed out. What I'm saying is I think the, the defense is real. It's not been 
yeah. a situation where it's it's some fool's gold with the, the, the black shirts. I know they had a tough second half in Boulder, but they played their backside off, and, and I think they're they're going to keep uh, Nebraska in every ball game. I know Bill thinks that is the path to six or better because of the defense. I don't disagree with that. And get Connor's take here. Are, are you ready to buy and invest in this defense with uh, with what Nebraska has moving forward? They're they're the strength, yes, but can they carry it on past the quarter turn of this season? I think absolutely they can because we were sitting here talking about it earlier this year, and Bill brought it up a couple of Fridays ago. They have like 25 guys to choose from that they can throw out there and play good defensive football. And I agree. I mean, we've talked about it too. Defense travels more so than the offense, right? So that is definitely the cornerstone of this football team. I was fully sold on them even after Colorado. I know it was a rough second half, but you have to factor in on how that first half ended out in Boulder. They were on the field every 30 seconds, it felt like. And then at the end of the day, it was just too much buffs. But I think last week was a phenomenal performance. We've talked about how good they've been at tackling this year as well and how refreshing that's been versus past seasons as well. So this defense is absolutely good enough to get you to a bowl game. I just don't know if the other phases of the football team are good enough to get you to a bowl game. And I don't know if I'm ready to say that yet, if they're going to make it to that benchmark. I mean, again, you got to factor in the opponent last week. you got to factor in the opponent this week. He got Michigan coming to the house in next week. So we got to see how this plays out. I think the defense can absolutely be consistent throughout the season. You got so many guys and so much rich depth on that side of the ball. The real question is, is the offense going to carry the load on their half throughout the rest of the year? Act, this game is vital for postseason. I mean, you get a chance to get back oh, to 500 course. today. Yeah, of course. You know, and just to put a finer point on a lot of Connor's points there, I think we're going to have to make a distinction about this defense. We're not we're not saying it's the 85 Bears, to quote Bo Pelini. Um, we're not saying that, but it, it, and and they they're going to wear down, right? Like that's going to happen later in games where Nebraska's getting trounced and they're getting three and outs. I think we know that, right? Teams might start pulling away. What I'm saying is, I don't think they're going to. I don't think you're going to be in a situation where they get boat raced and it's 31 nothing at halftime, right? Like I just don't knock on wood. Maybe that'll happen, but it just doesn't appear like they're built like that. They're, they're leading the conference in sacks right now, 14, right? And you're talking about teams. I mean, Colorado throws it a lot. They got eight there. Minnesota doesn't. Northern Illinois doesn't. It's an impressive number. You're leading the conference there. Guess how many rushing yards they've given up total this year? Have you looked that up? Did you see that? Total. It's 149, something like that. Yeah, 139. 139 ah, three games. Two of those teams that you were playing are run-the-ball teams, right? That's a good day for one game. Three games, 139 total yards they've given up. That also leads the conference. So, like, that's, that's what we're talking about here. They're, they haven't played amazing offenses, but Colorado's pretty good. Colorado puts up yards, right? Put up yards on everybody. Um and Nebraska still, despite having that explosive of, a, of, of an opponent, has those impressive of numbers and got Shadur down eight times. It's just, you know, there, there's something to this team. And if you can just kind of stay out of your own way offensively, hopefully not pack it in like the 9 offense, which really didn't even attempt to try to <laughs> move the ball. You know, just a little bit more than that would be good. 
um, you give yourself a chance. You could get to well, six. You could get to well, seven. Iowa has made it to six every single year the past couple of years. Running nine. This, I mean, running this exact same running formula the, with their team. You, you know what? You running have the a 9 Nebraska stops offense. the run. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're, we're going, like Iowa, their game plan, we're going to stop the run. We're going to make other teams one-dimensional offensively. And then with oh. our offense, we're going to ground and pound you, and we're going to wear with you, wear on you with body blows. Now, Iowa's rushing attack in their offensive line over the past couple years, I think, is a little bit better than what Nebraska rolls out with right now. That's why Nebraska's ceiling is not nine wins like Iowa has been. But this is your formula for, for winning in the Big Ten. Even Michigan has come out with this formula over the past couple of years. Their offense, a little bit more high-flying than the likes of Iowa and Wisconsin. But their, their run over the past couple of years to a couple college football playoffs has been defense, running the football, and having a game-managing quarterback that doesn't turn the football over and can pick up first downs on third and manageable. That's what Michigan has done for a couple of years. Iowa, Wisconsin, it's your formula in the Big Ten. Nebraska can get there with six. It just got to stop with the self-inflicted mistakes offensively. Poorly timed penalties turnovers things of those sorts and if you can do that and you can clean those up which nebraska took a step forward in the right direction last week against northern illinois and cleaning some of those things up you can still make a bowl game despite how down i was on this team following the colorado game Uh, i think it was the uh, personnel the altitude and atmosphere there was a lot of Man, what the hell's going to happen this season after Colorado? You felt a little bit better last week with, okay, they didn't look great. There was seven scoreless drives between scores, but they ended up with 35, and you got to see Harburg. Guys, let's let's talk about Anthony Grant, and we'll get to the quarterback situation. We'll get to some comments also. Can watch the show here in the stream yard on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Hale Varsity Radio, Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Reminder, we're here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate 9th and P. Uh, just an awesome breakfast slash brunch setup. Incredible steaks and chops. 200 whiskeys to choose from. They have Guinness on tap for Dolman. Uh, Cranach, I'll get you a scotch for your birthday, a belated birthday gift. And uh, I know a, a, a tall, a tall, <laughs> tall boy is there for uh, Elijah and Connor. So uh, we've got the, the room covered. But with Anthony Grant, and it was said Monday publicly, and it's been told privately, it's your show. You uh, had time out. You had time out against Colorado, Anthony Grant, because of what happened at the end of Minnesota. Uh, With Minnesota, you had guys that didn't hold their blocks long enough, and somebody stripped the football. Defense didn't get a stop. We know what happened in Minneapolis. Uh, Grant got to watch two weeks ago. He played last week. We're talking about seven a carry, uh, just shy of 50 yards, seven totes. Now it is his turn to thrive. He is twitchy. He's a home run threat. He's got absolute power with that finishing off a run. He's a bit of a headhunter. And I can't wait to see him do what Nebraska is going to do today, and that's run between the tackles, do the zone read thing, and even – if we're talking about continuing to ease Harburg into the passing game, yes, tight ends, but let's find Grant on the old Marlon Lucky special check down. Uh, and, and I think I mean, I'm excited to see Grant's been waiting for this his whole life, and it didn't go well last year because of some lack of trust on the offensive line. He started off well and then faded late. Now he's, uh, he's back up to, uh, to, to, to RB1. 
And how lucky is Nebraska? This is something we talked about this week on the Average Joe Sports Show podcast, guys. And encourage check you to that out. Check that out in podcast <laughs> form. Look it up. Bill Dolman, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and Mitch Sherman. So glad you dusted that today, off, by the way. That's awesome. We have uh, three of the four. Yeah, uh-huh. we're, we're, we're really enjoying that. Thus Giving far, the but, people what they want. But something we talked about this week, Don't something call I talked about this week, is how lucky Nebraska is to have a guy like Anthony Grant as a third string running back, a guy that started a full season <laughs> of Big Ten play, yeah. a guy that you already saw last year. There's not many schools in the country that have that kind of luxury as a third string running back and what's behind Anthony Grant that's the question moving forward but I think Husker fans can feel good about Anthony Grant assuming the fumbling issue doesn't rear its ugly head as time goes on and and I was talking just recently on this show about Wisconsin and about Iowa and about their system for doing things how many times did Wisconsin have one guy a guy like Melvin Gordon or Jonathan Taylor their top guy and three and then who's sitting behind that guy it's it's your younger guy it's your redshirt freshman the next in waiting is Emmett Johnson the next running back in waiting we're not sure we're probably going to find out over the next couple of weeks but it's not doom and gloom for Nebraska's running back situation because you have a guy in Anthony Grant that started Mm. plenty of games and you have a younger guy in, in Emmett Johnson as well as Quentin Knives that the coaching staff seems to be excited about and they get to prove themselves now maybe earlier than expected. Are you going to be that next guy for Nebraska? You'll get some carries. You'll get some opportunities. You have a chance to go out and prove it now. Here, here's the question yeah. for, uh, for, Anthony, for Anthony Grant that, that um, I think needs to be addressed by Matt Rule, who when he takes whatever job he has, he always says we need to get guys ready for the NFL and for their second contract. So the, the conversation with Anthony Grant on Monday when the news broke uh, to all of us that uh, Ramir Johnson and Gabe Irvin are, are out for the season is, okay, um, Anthony, we need you and you need this. How much money would you like to make when your days at Nebraska are done? Because the opportunity for you to get to the NFL, where Jonathan Taylor is fighting for you right now to get bigger contracts for NFL running backs, and you don't have that featured back in the NFL anymore like you used to, where it was Barry Sanders or, um, uh, well, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, Emmitt Smith, whatever. Now you typically have two or three backs on an NFL roster who are getting, what, 7 to 14 carries. So, Anthony... This is your opportunity to do something that we really need you to do here at dear old Nebraska U. But once your days are done, if you want to make a lot of money at the next level, the next seven to ten games are vitally important for you Mm -hmm. to hold on to the football. We know that when you do so, you can run for a lot of yards. And you are a very good college running back. But if you want to make money, Anthony, I'm going to reiterate this again. How much money would you like to make when your days at Nebraska are done? And if he starts thinking that way, I'm auditioning for a job next year. I've got to hold on to the rock. Well, and he's the, he's the perfect right? niche for an NFL running back. Too, exactly. Because what are NFL running backs now? They're fourth and fifth round guys that you can come in and you ride the hell out yep. of him for five or six seasons. You, you maybe get him a second contract for cheap somewhere else, but mm-hmm. it's not longevity in the NFL with running backs. You're looking for fifth and sixth round guys that can come in and take the lion's share of your carries for a couple seasons. Then you let him go off to greener pastures. You draft another fifth or sixth round running back. That's what Anthony Grant can be. He's got the athleticism. He's got the explosiveness, and he's got the mentality. He's a violent runner that can find right. success in the NFL, but it's just to your point, Bill. Can you hold on to the football? And you mentioned a name a moment ago, Elijah, Melvin Gordon. Why can't Melvin Gordon keep a job in the NFL? He couldn't hold on to the ball. He can't hold on to the football. Exactly. Yeah. Listen, this is Anthony Grant's chance. He's the most talented back since Abdullah. Starting right now. Even though he started the year. Right? Even though he started the year as third string, I think we all know, at least I felt like it was more of a motivational ploy 
than it was he's legitimately not as good as as uh, Irvin and not as good as Johnson. It wasn't that. I, the, was, the one thing he doesn't do right. as well as them is hold on to the football. That's it. Right. Well, and by, but by the way, he that was just like a new thing, right? That just happened yeah, late he, he in fall camp. Much. It wasn't a problem with him last year. Three fumbles last year, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, total. Like, not bad. Like, you can make, that's an understandable, acceptable I mean, number. Right? Amir Abdullah had 21 but, in his Husker career. Do not speak right. ill of Abdullah. Mm. <laughs> so, so, so late in the fall is when the is when the fumble started to pick up, and when Rule was like, "Whoa!" and, and you know backed him down, and then Irvin started, and then he had that big fumble against Minnesota. So you're like, "Wow, this is an issue," um, but it wasn't before. It's it's a newfound thing. Hopefully, he can correct that. Uh, but in terms of like, if he he looks like a pro style back, right? He's got all mm-hmm. the things that you want. He 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 delivers the contact. He's got the quickness. Uh, seems to have a pretty good feel. He's motivated. He's just he's sudden. He has all those things that you want in a running back. I am, though, more than you, Elijah, concerned about the overall picture. All right? If he takes it, okay. you know, if Grant's out with a shoulder, you're, you're dealing with two true freshmen ba- or a redshirt freshman and a true freshman who have a combined negative 1,000 carries. Like, they have not carried the ball at all. Uh, that's concerning. You know, especially when you have like a Michigan coming up next next week. <laughs> you know, um, it's dicey at that running back spot right now. Really dicey, and you got to hope that one of those two freshmen, you know, has that same kind of mentality that you just hope they do when they walk in the door. But there wasn't plans to play those guys a lot, uh, and now you're going to pretty much have to. You have a, an opportunity with being two young backs it's not uncommon to see freshmen, redshirt freshmen thrive mm-hmm. in the right system. The difference is you have an experienced offensive line. You have other weapons on the outside. Your quarterback's a difference maker that you got to respect. So that's the ideal situation to play young running backs. It's just, yeah. it's all kind of a storm right now for Nebraska with an iffy offensive line until Teddy gets back. Yeah. You've got a Second start for Harburg. We'll get there to Harburg in a little bit. But I'll say this about Anthony Grant before we hit break. As we're here at the single barrel inside the graduate ninth and P, think of the backs that have come out of Florida State here the last seven to ten years. you got Dalvin Cook. you got Cam Akers. You have a, a style of back that Grant fits. He was recruited to Florida State, and I know that's many moons ago, but he has that ability and athleticism. Somebody at Florida State when they were winning ball games said, you know what, we like Grant. Let's get him to, to, to Florida State. We'll start you out as a, as a kickoff returner. Didn't work yeah. out, but he's of that ilk from, a, from an athleticism, talent, and speed standpoint. So it's, it, it's kind of a great pedigree. Now uh, step up and take what's yours, which you've worked hard to get the opportunity for from Florida State to JUCO to transfer again finally to Lincoln, and now 37 coaching staffs later in your college career. You've got E.J. Barthel, you got the offensive line, and you've got Coach Rule and Satterfield really needing to lean on you today. How about the offensive line, too, last week? I'm I'm sure you noticed some, too. Again, not that they're the, you know, Cowboys of, you know, the mid-'90s here or anything, Um, but they they were getting downfield. I'm sure Mm -hmm. most of you most of you spotted Piper downfield just destroying a defensive back, which what the hell was that defensive back? Like if you're a defensive back 
and you got a 300 pounder coming. No, get out of the. What do you just do? pray for? How did he just absorb that blow? That was ridiculous. I have I have respect but, for him, quite honestly. But but Piper's ability though to target him ten yards downfield, lock on him, and finish him like that. We haven't seen a lot of that. We haven't seen a ton. So there there are promising signs at least with the offensive line. They're not bulldozers yet, um, but they're showing some signs. I, I, for the most part, have liked their double teams this year. They've done a good job getting up to second level, putting that defensive lineman on the yeah. linebacker's toes. That's how you train to do it. There's been some notable exceptions, and there was a couple plays last week, but I think they are really, really improving in that run-blocking side of things. I think I've seen improvement from Minnesota to Northern Illinois. You expect it with the level of competition, but I do think you've seen improvement. The pass protection from that left side is still rough. You hope Teddy is oh, able to, as, as he gives up, improve that. And I think getting Teddy back it's next really to Ethan bad. Piper will improve the, the Ethan Piper experience as well. And so, when and when will we get impact plays, be it carrying the ball or blocking from the... And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you. It's the weekend edition, Hale Varsity on the road at the Single Barrel, your home game hangout for Saturdays ahead of kickoff. The weekend edition flexed for this 2.30 game. Noon to 2, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Bill Dolman, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, and your friends at Sauter Heyman powering this road show. Big thanks to Sauter Heyman. We'll get to some of the comments. Brennan, our friends uh, out west in the Black Hills, uh, was talking a little bit here about Colorado, how they disrespected the O at Oregon. Thank you, sir. As we have some much-needed hydration brought to the table. Shout out to Mr. Brian Herbal. No relation. Yeah, Mr. Brian. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> we love us some Brian. Cranek, we're having birthday drinks for you. <laughs> yeah, cheers to you, Cranek. Thank you guys so much. God, I feel this that. Is a, like in my heart. This is Thanks, Dad. Frothy yeah. coffee. Yeah, <laughs> Dolman's, Dolman's got his coffee. But uh, we're talking running backs and uh, Grant's necessity, really. And send your birthday wishes to Mark Cranach, 39 years old, yesterday. <laughs> and can do that in the stream, we'll the Hale Varsity we'll yeah. <laughs> YouTube channel or the Hale Varsity Radio yeah. Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Juan chimes in uh, on what Nebraska has on that defensive side of the ball. They have athletes. They have waves of athletes. We're talking 30 guys plus have seen time. We kicked off talking about this defense to start the show. It's on to the offense and the offensive line and running game. So, fellas, let's get into Harburg as Pete Thamel of ESPN reporting, and we had kind of heard all week that from a snap standpoint it had been Double H with uh, most of the first-team reps. You need to see both today. You'll see Harburg because he's had better health, and probably yep. you know that confidence can grow if you're Nebraska's offense. And for the most part, he took care of the football. But I'm I'm really curious to see Cranach what 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 this passing game can be. Under Harbor, I know he's going to carry it. No, I have no I'm, interest <laughs> in finding out what the hell that thing looks like. No, it, it, it's it's, it's going to need to be competent, is what I'm no. saying. Okay. 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 You, in, in, okay. We're watching I'll, Michigan I'll here in, in front. We're watching Michigan, and what do they ask McCarthy to do? They have guys running wide wide open because of play action, because of their running game, and it's they're they're not difficult seventeen read 
play-action sessions. There's a couple yeah. of guys open, and it's a quick release, and it's a shorter pass relying more on yards after catch. I think Nebraska, to knock on wood with you, can become that, and I think Harburg's competent as Dolman's looking for a beer to crush on his forehead. I love it. My question with that, though, is does Nebraska have the athletes, as you get back into that comment from Juan, does Nebraska have the athletes at the wideout position to be guys that can go make something after the catch? I you, think, you, I think you do, but they're, are they ready? Well, I, I just don't think you've seen guys that, from the wide receiver position, I think you can even throw the tight ends in there as well, that with the ball in their hands have been able to have that make you miss and, and turn a five-yard catch into a 15-yard gain. I haven't quite seen that just yet from the Husker wide receivers. No. Can they become that? Maybe can guys like Malachi Coleman and guys like Jalen Lloyd that give you a little bit more from the athleticism point of view, can they get themselves geared up this season and and become that by the end of the year? Potentially, but I don't think you have guys. Even Marcus Washington, who's the best wide receiver on the team right now, the guy that gets open with the most consistency, he's not a real make-you-miss guy. He's Mm. a guy that goes and runs an eight-yard route, catches it, and gets down and avoids the hit. And you know what? It's second and two. Awesome. But... Nebraska doesn't have that type of athlete at the wide receiver position. That's why I talked yesterday on on the show in terms of wants and needs with this Husker offense. A big want for me with with this game today against Louisiana Tech is can you show on film before Michigan comes to town that you have a deep threat, that, that teams are going to have to account for that. They can't just roll a safety down into the box every single play and expect the run because once that play action deep shot comes, they're going to get burned deep, so they're going to have to keep two safeties high to account for that. That's is a, that something that you can show today against Louisiana Tech? I haven't seen it so far this season. I don't know if you have the athletes at wide receiver, considering Tommy Hill has been that guy thus far, to make that happen, but that's going to be a big want for me in this game today. If you can show that deep threat, it really opens up a lot of what you can do with that passing attack and even with the rushing attack moving forward as you get into Big Ten play because Schmidt, you and I were talking about it in the box against Colorado. Damn near every single first down, Colorado is rolling eight guys into the box and really making it difficult on your rushing attack. If you can show, you know what, we do have the threat of a play-action deep shot, it's going to open up stuff for that rushing attack. It's going to lighten the box, and it's also going to open up some underneath passing concepts as well for you, just knowing that the, the safeties can't be playing downhill all game. Nebraska did do well with 10 yards and under completions. Again, that was Sims. But Sims was 3-for-3 three three to start the game, throwing the football, and they were not complicated. They were more between the hashes or uh, kind of the button-hook variety type routes. So that part of the passing tree was working early before the turnover bug hit Cranach. And if that's yep. going to be a staple of the offense, I mean, guys were able to get open. Kemp was able to get open, 5-for-57. Fedoni's a guy that can get open. You can keep growing with him. Borkatcher's a guy that you can also find up the seam. And, again, I, I do like the running back check down part of this. I think yeah, you have to have that, that. Go ahead, Mark. No, no, it's okay. I, I, I insist. <laughs> You're I insist. the birthday boy. Come on. Yeah. Okay, fine. Okay. Um, so, you, so you got you. Got, I'll enjoy my Guinness and listen. Uh, that you. was the most Nebraskan inter- exchange of all time. No, you. No, you. you're the birthday boy. Very polite. Nebraska, nice. I here, wanted to drink know? my beer anyway, so go ahead. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, Washington's your possession guy, right? Reliable, big arms, physical, right? Billy Kemp's the guy. He can shake a guy or two, but he doesn't have the breakaway speed. Um. Isaiah, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, I thought, you know, provided potential, but he's out, so you're down him now. It, you, you can't protect on the left side of the line, right? So to get those deep balls, you need protection. <laughs> Nebraska can't provide that to their quarterback right now. 
so it's it's difficult. It's a this is not going to be a great offense this year. I, I feel very confident in saying that, right? Like they're they're not going to be. If they rank in the upper half in anything, it's a miracle this year in the conference. Yards, anything. <laughs> Any statistic, just pick it. If they rank in the upper half, it'll be a miracle. So they're going to be playing in the bottom halves. I do wonder about Malachi in particular because they have been bringing him in for a handful of snaps all the games, right? All three games he, he has played. And you can make the receiver position and you can make um, the passing game as complicated as you want it, right? But the simplest route on the planet is the go route. Go route. It's just an easy, like, you just run, right? You got to get around the DB. Of course, you have to learn some of those things. If they're playing press on you or something like that, I'm not discounting that. But you just run fast down the damn sideline, okay? And then the quarterback gets it to him, and you catch it, and there you go. Malachi is capable of that. I think we can all sit here and say, that's a dude that runs, what, a 4-2, 4 you know? He's 6-5. Like, Hello? That's the kind of dude you want running those routes. I think they're probably going to take some shots with him at some point. He's he's gotten the snaps. They've let him get the they've let him get the feel for it. Why not? Right? Well, if it's Mark, just a one on one, chuck it. What do you make of the fact that it's been Tommy Hill that's been put in those situations? Whenever it's time to run a deep post I, on the play action, I know every single time it's been Tommy Hill. What do you make of that? Best athlete so, they've okay. got that's been in college long enough from an experience standpoint. He, let's use him. He's a defensive right. back. It, yeah, he backpedals on his yeah. routes. Dude, listen. <laughs> I like Tommy. But, uh, oh. <laughs> this is not – I don't want to turn this into a, a Tommy Hill, like trash Tommy Hill show, okay? But No, respect to him you know, for stepping up in those moments. Sure. He's, hey, and to a be good fair, effort he, on he's that dive. Open. Yeah, to be fair, he's gotten open on the routes. The pass hasn't always been there, but yeah. I think in the three yeah. that stand out in my memory, he's gotten open on those three. So you can take your cap off to him, but – I don't think if you're the Husker coaching staff that Tommy Hill is the guy you want running those routes. I think you, you do that based on necessity more than based on what you're trying to do. If, if it was an ideal world, I think you'd have a guy like Jalen Lloyd or Malachi Coleman running those routes. So my question right now is what is holding those guys back? Because, Mark, as you said, go routes and post routes aren't difficult routes to run for a wide receiver. Maybe there's the element of, of being able to get off the line of the scrimmage and, and beat press coverage, but I haven't seen much press coverage this year against Nebraska either. So... That's why my question becomes, why is it Tommy Hill, that guy, aside from the athleticism? Because Matt Rule's standard and, and his way of doing things in college is usually in those moments, you give a chance to the young guy, the freshman, the, the, the red shirt freshman, whatever guy you think is the future of your program, that's the guy who gets in in those moments. So I am wondering why it's the elder statesman Tommy Hill. I know the athleticism's there, but that hasn't been Matt Rule's game plan at Temple or at Baylor. It might also be the plays that are being called for, for Heinrich Harburg. I'm going to go way back to the, you know, the, what I yeah. said earlier about the quarterback spot. What are you comfortable with? What plays against what defensive sets? Where, where can we go with you right now? And again, we'd not seen much of Heinrich Harburg's outside of the spring game two years ago uh, on the field. And the most extensive action that they got was last weekend. So maybe that playbook is a little more wide open. Maybe they are going to uh, bring in some of those young receivers who are so athletic. And that's what I was going to say. People are talking about yards after the catch, but you know Nebraska is playing, you know, trying to find the tight end. Well, no tight end is going to go on a fly pattern, right? Nebraska's offense has been from the uh, the secondary le- uh, level of the defense, the linebackers. Everything is within about 15 yards. 
for Nebraska's yeah. offense. So if you're throwing to the tight end, you're not going to get a yard, lot of yards after the catch. If you're throwing to a back, which I think has been fairly rare, but nobody's been that deep threat that, let's go back a year, Casey Thompson, people are so enamored with Casey, fine quarterback. But he had Trey Palmer to go, you go, I'll throw it as far as I can in a punt, pass, and kick contest, and you go run underneath it, and you get yourself into the NFL. We, yeah. Nebraska does not have that, that threat, at least not right now, that expands that defense, as you're saying, to the, the secondary, the, the defensive backs. Everybody is just playing up because they're not going to complete a lot of passes that are going to get a lot of yards after the catch. It's a phone booth. We're up against it a couple of minutes before hour one is done. Come see us here at the Single Barrel, 9th and P, inside the Graduate Home Football Saturdays, the weekend edition, flex noon to two today. Mark Cranach, Bill Dolman, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, Chris Schmidt will check in with Brandon Vogel from Counter Reed to kick off hour two. Don't forget Real Red Reaction follows Nebraska-Louisiana Tech tonight on KFOR, so be sure to lock that in, stream, Twitter, or Facebook. And, of course, over the air, always find us on the YouTube channel with Hale Varsity's channel. Subscribe to that in the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. We've hit defense. We've hit quarterback. We've hit Mr. Grant. Uh, the thing that is out, Mitch Sherman tweeting this out, our friend from The Athletic and friend of the Average Joe Sports Show podcast, no Cam Lenhart today. As uh, Lenhart mm. out, I know he had that ankle That's issue just, what, about six snaps last week. Get him healthy for yep. Michigan. Michigan's knocking on the door in the red zone up 14-7. to And here's a sack by your friends from Jersey. Little Tony Soprano uh, salute right there is field goal time again for for michigan so michigan not looking awesome we'll see if nebraska uh woos you a little bit closer to confidence on the offensive side more thoughts as we get closer to uh, nebraska louisiana tech can find us in the stream and also dial up 489-1240 road show today powered by your friends at sauter Heyman. rick and the gang been doing it for over a century with uh, incredible selection of jewelry and gifts uh, more to come hour two here from the single barrel as the weekend edition of hail varsity continues the hail varsity radio saturday morning show strap yourselves in here are your hosts Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it, weekend edition back. It's hour two here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate. Incredible steak, chops, whiskey, beer, wine, and just camaraderie here at the Single Barrel Roadshow, powered by your friends at Sauter Heyman, Rick and the crew. Mark Cranach is back, uh, you know, a, a year older and a day wiser from a birthday celebration yesterday. Brandon Vogel from Counter Reed at his football office. CounterReed.com is where you can log on and find all the goodness from Mr. Vogel and Aaron Sorensen. CounterReed.com. So, Vogues, before Cranach asks you, 
I'm just going to assume yeah. Cranach's birthday gift is in the mail like the rest of our birthday gifts for him. It'll be a day or two late. Yeah, just running a little bit behind. I knew when I saw the weather <laughs> that was slated for Nebraska, I didn't want yeah. to run the risk of it getting lost and all that. So, it, it, middle next week, it'll be a nice yeah. post-birthday Ish. surprise. Ish. Maybe next year. Okay. And- <laughs> Supply chain, right? Supply chain's yeah. been an issue. I'm an understanding guy. You know, it's fine. Um, except the gifts all year, though. I'll accept more. Who's got the next birthday here? Who's got one coming up here? Let's see. Let's see. I'm March. I'm February. March isn't that close. So Connor's got me beat there. Yeah. February for me. Dolman, January. Oh, I might ride around the corner in January. So okay. you make plans now. Okay. <laughs> Brandon? Little. Brandon? July. Mm. So it's Bill. Well, Mark, okay. I'll give you credit. At least you don't have a fall Saturday birthday because then, I mean, like it's it's uh, Fox was saying here, he's on his way to a wedding on a Saturday. I see weddings Ooh, and birthdays oh, about God. the same in the fall. If it's on a Saturday, I'm not going. It's as simple as that. Last yeah. game day wedding I attended was Nebraska-Louisiana Tech 25 years ago. There you go. And the only game oh. day wedding I attended. Now, truth be told, uh, Bill Burns still gets a holiday card from us because he punted San Jose State. It was supposed to be playing on our wedding, September 27th, mm. 2003. So we went through with the wedding somehow and <laughs> we uh we uh celebrated and I, I almost missed my uh my pictures because it was overtime between cal marshawn lynch aaron mm. Rodgers versus liner oh, yeah. and usc that was usc's only loss that year was that the marshawn lynch driving around in the cart game it might have been so long <laughs> so, and Chris, short that was to- that was the year then, then nebraska added southern miss at southern miss on a thursday Right, right, because the bachelor party was Thursday yeah. night, and we watched Southern Miss. Yep. Right, and the uh, Jamal Lord the, chucking it deep. What's up? Uh huh. Yes, yeah. That's good. And in, in, in Vogue's, I'm sure you, uh, you, you're you're thrilled by this, but you know, the, <laughs> the, the the wedding part. Should they just kind of be state law in some football states where you don't allow them slash have them? Probably. Um, <clears throat> I got married on October, October, October Saturday, <clears throat> though it was in Pennsylvania. So um, and it was in eastern Pennsylvania, so not even that close to Penn State. So I think we, we skated by on that. Nebraska played Iowa State that day. So um, boy, how things have changed because did do some schedule looking there. And, you know, when you're getting married, you're dealing with limited options. And I was like, oh, yeah, Iowa State game's probably fine. And uh and it was. Nebraska won that game. Uh, it was fairly ho-hum. But imagine doing that now. <laughs> hey, can, can, we get, can we get Fox's PHOX comment up on the stream uh, for those folks that are listening? Uh, Which we got one called out by Mike, who said that we ah. never pay attention to the chat. So just to – okay, so that's, that's what he wrote, right? He wrote that, hey, can't give the answer. They don't pay attention to chat. Just to prove him wrong, we are clearly – paying attention no it's the previous one where he said he asked is heinrich and this is a great question Ah. for for brandon is heinrich the guy now Um, i'm not quite ready to go there um let's see what happens today uh could change that a little bit although this game sort of similar to i felt like northern illinois was a was a game where you know, if Jeff Sims wasn't going to be able to go, uh, Nebraska could still 
its pass forward offensively was was still available to it with Heinrich Harburg, and he carried the ball 20 times and almost had 100 yards. Um, this game is pretty similar from, a, from an offensive standpoint for Nebraska, I think. Louisiana Tech gave up almost six yards of carry to FIU. It's given up over 200 yards to all of its opponents that are not FCS at this point. Um, so I think Louisiana Tech's defense has been a little bit better than expected coming in. That was that was a real issue last year, and they're improved. They're still struggling to stop the run, and we know that that's Nebraska's best way forward. Even without, you know, the quarterback and the top two running backs from, from the first two games available, and Sims might be available, um, I still think it's pretty cut and dried in terms of what Nebraska wants to do now – I think Satterfield said it. I wholeheartedly agree this week. Like, as they get into Big Ten play, they're going to need to be able to throw the football. And that, that still is a big question with me for either guy. It's Brandon Vogel with us here, a weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio, getting you geared up for Nebraska, Louisiana Tech. And, Brandon, whenever you talk about Jeff Sims and his status, it was reported by Pete, Thim- Pete Thamel, I should say, earlier, that Jeff Sims is going to be available for this game, but he's not at 100%. Is that the kind of thing you say whenever you're making a change at starting quarterback, but you don't want it to be because of injury? He's just still not 100%. That's why he's not getting the start. Are you reading in between the lines there, or do you think that's a legitimate, you know what, I, I just don't understand how a guy that is not 100% is available, if you get me. Why are you, you wasting the roster spot on a guy? If he's not 100%, if he's not going to play, wouldn't he technically then not be available? I'm, I'm trying to, to weigh those two things in my own mind. Of He's not 100%, but he's available. What, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, you're at home, so it doesn't cost you anything to suit up anybody who could fair, potentially fair. play. What what I – my thought there is, is like, he's available. You know, he was suited up. He was their third-string emergency quarterback a week ago. Um, assuming this game goes the way, you know, the, the point spread would tell you it should, um, if, if Nebraska is in relative control early on, if it's not facing, say, a 14 nothing deficit going into the second quarter or something like that, I, I'd be very surprised to see Jeff Sims um, see see any action today. So I'm willing to take it at face value at this point that, you know, he is maybe not quite 100%, and if they don't need to use him, might as well give him another week because that all indicates to me that, you know, regardless of what happens today, quarterback going forward probably still is very much up for grabs. Vogues, uh, let's get your take on just what Nebraska will see offensively from Louisiana Tech. It sounds like their backup quarterback is going to get the nod because the starter that that came in and, and won the job has got a jacked shoulder. So how dangerous are the Bulldogs? Um, dangerous offensively. So, you know, Sonny Cumbie, a name Nebraska fans may recall from the early 2000s, Texas Tech quarterback. You know what kind of connotation that comes with from an offensive perspective. They're about 50-50 run-pass split. Um, I think, I haven't seen an update yet, but their leading rusher, Willis, was also kind of questionable for this game coming in. But they've got a handful of backs that have shown the ability to, to be somewhat explosive. And then they really hit for big plays in, in the passing game. And I'm not just talking about, like, the threshold for big plays, whatever number you want to choose. I usually go with 15 yards. They're, like, have 50, 60-yard plays um, and rank near the top nationally in, in plays over 40 yards, 50, 60. So that's what you got to worry about. 
Um, they're a little bit like a streaky three-point shooting team offensively. Like they get hot and hit some, uh, you can be in trouble. And, and that wasn't really a danger last week against Northern Illinois. So that said, Nebraska's done a really good job. Like it hasn't been high takeaways. It's been high sack. Um, so, so that's in- encouraging. But the biggest thing is, is it kept a lot of things in front of it. You know, I heard a little bit of the show in the first hour and heard some comparisons to Iowa. It's what Iowa does. Like it, it sets out to, to limit explosive plays. And Nebraska's done a pretty good job of that through its first three games. Yeah, doing a good job of that. And then, as you mentioned, getting to the quarterback. I think it was the 20, was it the 2021 year where Nebraska somehow only had like 13, 14 sacks collectively as a team. Um, and so they're already getting to that total after after just three games. Um, is, do you trust them enough yet, though, Brandon, to sit here and say that is a good defense? The only concern being, you know, if they get worn out, right? If, if they're just on the field too much, as any defense is, is, is want to do, you know, they wear. Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, there's, there's no hesitation with me terming them a good defense. It's, uh, it's more a question of uh, how good. And, and some of the numbers are, are really, really encouraging. Um, I think in terms of yards per rush against, they're in the top five. Um, can that hold up in, in Big Ten play? Uh, you, you'd like to see them, I think, be a little bit more active in the secondary in terms of either takeaways or pass yeah. breakups, which they got some. They got some last week, and it turned into an interception eventually. Um, but really, they're just, they're just really, really sound. Um, which can sound kind of boring, but I think it's not to be taken for granted in year one under a new coaching staff, that they are just, they're they're where they're supposed to be. They look like they're prepared. They look like they are able to execute the the variety of blitzes that they have for each game. Uh, It's it's been really impressive for for me, seeing what Tony White has done with this group in a short time. And they don't miss tackles. Mm. This is one of the best tackling teams. They get to the ball and they make the play, and I think that's yeah. one of the, been one of the most impressive things. The one, and it, it, you know, Matt Rule, uh, it, you know, talked about trying to get turnovers and guys taking some chances. And we talked about this a little bit uh, maybe yesterday that uh, you do have athletes on that side of the ball, and maybe they're playing a little too fundamentally sound without gambling a little bit and punching the ball out or making a break on a route and uh, trying to jump it and and pick off a pass. And maybe we'll see a little bit more of that. I think that that what Rule said maybe is challenging those secondary athletes a little bit more to to rely on your athleticism and rely on your teammate to back you up if you get beat. We saw the bad play in Minnesota, got beat on that route that uh, that won the game for the Gophers, but I think for the most part – uh, they're tackling well. Now they just need to take a few more chances to get those turnovers. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned that. I think that's been the biggest upgrade defensively um, for me through the first three games. And so you can just see it. Like they're tackling so much better. And not only that, but watching the games on TV, you know, it frequently looks like teams will throw short against them, and there's there's five six guys there ready to to yeah. kind of make a tackle, which was not the case. Um, in in the recent past and i think that might come into some of that trust too like you can see okay there's there's five guys here who are within range like if you've got a shot at the ball maybe take it because if you're if you're going to slip up and maybe not make the tackle a guy slips out of your grasp 
odds have been there there are people in the area who can who can help out but that that hasn't been the case at nebraska for a while so that might just be a little bit slow coming along brandon vogels with us on hill varsity radio brandon back to the quarterback discussion just for a quick second is there anything in your mind that heinrich harbert can do in order to solidify himself as a starter going forward after today's game I mean, I think if the if the passing game, you know, looked, <laughs> I don't know, functional sounds harsh, Competent. but um, <laughs> you know, if if he's making some tough throws, um, and and you know, not just some hitting on some, and he made some tough throws last week, particularly that that catch by Fedoni on the sidelines on, on a third down comes to mind, because um, that's the one thing about this Louisiana Tech defense. Um, they are they are active in the secondary, um, rank up in the top twenty terms of passes defended like they, they've, they've gotten their hands on the football quite quite often back there and you know Louisiana Tech is is one of those teams in a in a pretty fertile recruiting area in Louisiana I mean I think 90% of their roster is either from Louisiana or Texas like they're just going to have guys um, at, at, at skill positions they, they have a wide receiver they've got some guys at running back and they've got some guys in the secondary so Teams like that are, are a little bit volatile. Um, good teams come out and, and figure out a way to kind of smooth the game out and take control. But you get a couple of big plays offensively against you early or you, you get a turnover or two. I mean, we've seen what, what that does, not just this year, but over many years uh, of watching Nebraska first and foremost. If, if you're Coach Satterfield and Coach Rule today, and Brandon Vogel is with us on, on the Hale Varsity uh, weekend edition. Now, do you make it a point to get Ives and or Emmett Johnson, not just a couple carries, but tr- try to get to the point in a game where you, you actually try to ride them, considering what's coming, uh, you know, entering you know, the, the teeth of conference play starting next week? Yeah, I think you definitely do. I think you make a point, like, if you can do it, to give at least each of them a series where they're the guy. And if, you know, they break a long run and need to come out for for a breather, great news. Um, And I think, you know, giving them a series is not not just important in terms of, um, you know, getting the carries. Like, with young players, we see it all the time. Like, so much of it is, is pass protection. Um, you know, I was rewatching the Nebraska Colorado game this week. Um, and you know, fun for you, amazing, yeah, amazing, amazing athlete, um, very dangerous. But you could see him really struggling with kind of the pass pickups, and that's always going to be the thing for a young running back. So, get those guys back there when you're when you're planning to throw the ball too, um, is, is probably equally important, but you've, you've got to get them ready for for big 10 play and that probably means trying to get them you know at least six seven eight carries that may not sound like a lot but nebraska if they're playing the way they want isn't going to run a ton of plays anyway brandon whenever you're, you're looking at this game today obviously i think the running back position is going to be important harbor is going to be important give me a guy on each side of the ball that you think needs to step up today for nebraska to get the job done and get the job done in somewhat convincing fashion uh, i guess i'll just leave it open-ended to you a guy on each side of the ball yeah, um, defensively, you know, I'm kind of encouraged and, and excited to see more with Jamari Butler. Um, 
So I could I could easily make him the pick. I could also go with somebody like uh, an MJ Sherman, you know, with Linhart out. Um, and if Louisiana Tech wants to and the weather cooperates, you know, they're going to throw the ball plenty. Um, let's let's see what that kind of those those pressure packages look like. Um, and let's see if you've, you've got a little bit of depth to to get some pressure from from some guys. You know, I know MJ Sherman's been in the backfield. I think he has a half sack. Um, at this point, maybe it's a full sack, but um, let's see something there. And I think that's a testament to kind of how guys like Nash Hutmacher, Nash Hutmacher's playing amazing right now. Um, Ty Robinson, most of the secondary. Let's see something from somebody who maybe we haven't seen, you know, flash for a full game yet and, and see what you can do there. Offensively, um, I might go with Marcus Washington. Um, I've been encouraged with Fedoni um, through the past couple of games. I think Billy Kemp has, has shown, you know, <laughs> excuse me, if you get him the ball, he can be what they need him to be. Washington's kind of your, like, security blanket guy a little bit in the receiving group. Uh, but if he were to have a big game, um, that probably indicates Nebraska's doing most of what it wants to do offensively. Vogues will wind down. I need to know what's on the game day menu for you if you've got your smoker going. And what's what's a good day for Nebraska's running backs when it comes to running the football behind the offensive line? We know the quarterbacks can and have carried 20 times. But can you get the I-back run game to be more of a reality today? Food and then football. <laughs> Yeah, food, um, nothing too too elaborate. I, I pre-made a tray of, of mole chicken enchiladas, so those will be ready Ooh. to just go in the oven during, during game day. You know, that's that's the key there, um, since this game will be going uh, around dinner time for me, or should be finishing up about then. Uh, so that's, that's what's on the menu. Uh, in terms of running backs, you know, maybe the easiest way to measure it might be the QB carries. It'd be nice to see that under 15, maybe even 13 if you could get it. Um, I think Nebraska rushing game overall, probably y- you want to be over 200 yards. Florida International did it while throwing for four yards. Four yards uh, in that in that opener, which is hard to do on five completions. Um, so I think Nebraska <laughs> should have Jeez. success running the ball. Let's, let's chalk it up to say 165 from the running backs and that leaves 45 plus for for harburg sims etc um anything more than that and uh you're probably coasted to an even greater degree than than i foresee at this moment what's the key to your mole sauce because it's either probably the mole to my my point though is (laughs) smart ass is (laughs) <laughs> is because you get, get it there mm. i know you get at the restaurant and it's either you're wowed by it or there's just a little bit too much bitterness to it is, is the best way to put it yeah. so sell me on yours and tell and sell me on counterread.com because i want to subscribe <laughs> um well the mole sauce like it's it's a pain to make. It, it doesn't happen very often, but when you are going to make it, like you just got to go in. And be like, Louisiana gonna Tech take, Week. <laughs> it's going to take 90 minutes. Um, yeah. I would say the, my approach is get the good chocolate. Um, it's obviously a key piece of this and get good chilies. Um, if you do those mm-hmm. two things, you should be, you should be, should be okay. 
Um, as for counter read, uh, as you mentioned, it is our new newsletter on Substack from myself and Aaron Sorensen. Um, sales proposition is, is pretty simple. Two good things to read a week for, for paying subscribers. And then we do a couple of other things uh, each week too that go out there for, for people to get a try uh, for of it, of what we're doing there for free. So each week, big game preview, which I put, I put a ton of time into those come out on Thursday. So you can check that out at counterread.com. Randy, we need a score prediction before we get you out. 28, 14, Nebraska, uh, hmm. no cover. I don't think, um, no field goals, but yeah, no, no field goals, just touchdowns. Hmm. I love that. Hmm. I love that. No, uh, no field goals, just touchdowns. That's the edict from Counter Reed's Brandon Vogel. That was also the story of Scott Frost tenure at Nebraska. No field goals, just touchdowns. Sure. <laughs> yeah, as we as we as we remember uh, what was said this week by Rule to his guys. Remember how you practiced against Georgia Southern. As Which, you, by the way, as you look into, I think that is was a strategic thing to his team because look. This is somewhat of an under-the-radar Louisiana you Tech. Michigan okay? looming. You got Michigan looming. But this might be a game for revenge to take it out for what happened last year against Georgia Southern. What, 700 yards, mm. uh, 70 points, whatever they scored. That this is his way of focusing his team on a directional, uh, non-traditional uh, opponent. I think that was a strategic call. Not just, hey, remember how you feel? I think they went back and went, oh, my God, look what happened. Right. No, it, it's it's important. Vogues, enjoy the mole enchiladas. Send us a picture. Yeah. Or send oh, us some. Sounds great. That's good. <laughs> send us, we'll send, send us some with a, with a Cranex birthday gift. Yes. and, and oh, yeah, get, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll put the leftovers in there. We'll trade you some dry ice runzas or amigos or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Very good. Uh, Vogues, uh, get subscribed to counterread.com. Vogues, take care. Appreciate you. Quick time out. The Iron Horse is in the on-deck circle. Gary Sharp will join us. Weekend edition of Hale Varsity continues here at the Single Barrel. And we're powered by your friends at Sauterham. And quick time out. Back with more. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Widen through the pregame here. Weekend edition. It's Hale Varsity in the single barrel. Ninth and P. Inside the Graduate, our friends at Sauterheim empowering this road show. We welcome in Gary Sharp, the Iron Horse, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, Bill Dolman, Connor Clark, Chris Schmidt, the gang all here. Gary, have you uh, had a chance to spot one to Coldest Crawford yet? Gary, you're, you're muted. muted. Uh, no, I have not. Their uh, specialists are not out on the field. So how is it, man? Let's talk vibe. You've parked. You're at the stadium. The the buzz is not quite Michigan, Nebraska, mm. is it? No, it's a it's it feels like a uh, fall cloudy day where you're playing Louisiana Tech, and it's the second straight week you've played a group of five uh, dog mascot. Right. <laughs> what is the, what is the superior dog in your opinion? Husky or bulldog? Is it the husky or the bulldog? Ooh, I think the husky. I'm going with the husky. If I go, if I need. Uh, I need something to survive. I'm going husky. I'll yeah, say in this right, climate, right, though, yeah. with the, the, the heat and the humidity of the summertime, I think for Nebraska, the bulldog might be the superior option. But I, I can get behind Gary here with the husky in terms of 
That's a pretty, pretty dog. Too much fur. A lot of work, though. Well, but the bulldogs don't, so bulldogs don't, don't do a lot. They just kind of wheeze. <laughs> yeah, and they slobber. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they slobber. And you got to work yeah. out their ruffles on their face. Yeah. Well, it could be a pro or con shorter lifespan as well from a bulldog. (laughs) (laughs) Depending on the dog. Thank you, you, Michael Vick. Um, Oh, no. Schmitty, you just asked about the vibe. That's what this vibe is. We're discussing We're talking about the breakdown dogs. of Huskies against Bulldogs. Yeah. yeah. And when you say if you need something to survive, are you talking about sacrificing the dog or having it go hunt for you? No, There's no. a difference. And if, and, if this, and if that's the question, I'm going Bulldog because of the marbling. Oh, no. You know? Hey, 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 hey guys, when we, when we come back from break, I don't think we should talk about this on the air. Oh, I signed up the marbling. Crane I can with the marbling on a dog. Please no. Give me that mental we'll like picture again. Fat, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Anyhow. Okay. Um, uh, so, so hey, well, the get, get, uh, running backs. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to the vibe, though, Gary, go back to this matchup 25 years ago and compare and contrast the vibe <laughs> because this was the Frank Solich debut as Nebraska's head football coach when they took on Louisiana Tech, and it was a little bit different than I think we're experiencing today. <laughs> uh, yeah. There was uh, – that day was pretty wild. It was warm, I remember. And the thing that people forget is uh, Nebraska was like blew out Louisiana Tech. Like they were up 35-6 at halftime. And all we saw was uh, Rattay and Edwards just play pitch and catch the entire game. Um, that was a wild memory. That was I remember that day pretty well because of the anticipation of, of being at Frank's first game. Um, I will tell you, I think, so I think about the vibe today. It could, be, it could be very interesting in how they handle the quarterbacks and how it affects the vibe inside of the stadium. You know, on – on who the fans get behind or how the team plays. Um, and that would be that would be something that we're all looking forward to. But I said this earlier in the week. If you are trying to stack momentum and stack success, you're a three-touchdown favorite. You need to play like a three-touchdown favorite that's playing at home, not a team that, oh, my gosh, we got one out of the way and we survived. Let's try and get another one. You need to play like a team that had success last week, not – a team that now is starting all over. And so I'm going to be curious to see what kind of a, a quick start they get off of because I also think it's important for Nebraska in this game, just like they did last week, is score in every quarter, guys. It's Gary Sharp with us hey, here at Weekend Edition of Hale Varsity getting you geared up for Nebraska, Louisiana Tech. And, Gary, what do you make of, of Jeff Sims? I asked this question to Brandon. I want to get your thoughts on it as well. What do you make of Jeff Sims being available but not 100%? That's why he's not getting the start, at least according to Pete Thamel. Because you look back at last week, was he technically available? Yes, because he was suited up. I don't think Jeff Sims was ever going to be getting into that game last week against Northern Illinois. I- I'm just trying to wrap my head around being available but not starting because you're not 100%. Is that just lip service that you're, you're giving out in order to, to protect Jeff Sims? Or, or what do you make of that situation as a whole? So don't you guys think it's kind of their, po- their policy? I mean, we've been asking now for weeks about Teddy Prohaska, and if he's not 100%, rule is said he's not going to play, guys. And I think when it comes to Sims – if you, if you know what has ailed him and you're going to help him out, the last thing you want is him not to be 100%. Um, and so I think, I think it's real. I, I think it's they want him particular to be 100%. You don't want an ankle injury to keep you out more than one week if you can massage it where you can get it back to 100%. But I think this is a rule thing. I think he won't put guys in harm's way to put them out there before they're 100% because what happens if they get injured again? Then you're starting, you're starting all over, or you don't get a chance to start at all again. So, so that's my question. Why is Jeff Sims then available today if he is not 100%? Well, in case you need him, in case you have harbored Emergency. him down. 
I mean, okay. but, I, but, I do, but I do think if there's an opportunity that both will play today. Hmm. Gary Sharp well, with question, us, is, Hale Varsity Weekend it, Edition. Go ahead. Is it, is it worse? Is the injury worse than we're being uh, let on? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's just the, the comfort of, of if, if his legs are the best thing that he's got going for him right now, I want those 100%. And, and I think that's what they're looking at. He's available, but in a situation like this, with everything going through the noggin, I got, I got to have him 100% down below to be able to execute like that. But, I, but again, I think it's just this is a rule thing when it comes to injuries, and especially as frontline guys. Man, I'm not putting you out there if you're not 100% because it doesn't do us any good, and it doesn't certainly do you any good. And in this case, if he's not 100% and he's favoring it and he can't utilize his best weapon, you know, this place, is, this place could turn on you pretty quick. I mean, it's already a guy that went from a pretty positive Q rating to two weeks later, it's like, well, okay, on to the next guy, and, and what's the portal look like next year? Hmm. Gary Sharp with us, Hale Varsity Weekend Edition. Um, let's talk running back real quick and the, and the two backups. Right? So, so we know Quentin Ives and Emmett Johnson are likely to get some carries today if the game hopefully is kind of in hand and you can afford to do that. Um, but I was trying to come up with comps for those guys based on their high school film because that's about all we have to work with um, when we look at it. Johnson's more of a glider. I, I, you know, he, he's a, yeah. a top-end speed guy. Um, I'm not sure. I can't think of a comp for him that Nebraska's had at that position in recent years. And then same with Quentin Ives. Ives goes, you know, good 6'2", I think it is, 6'1". He's just a taller, bigger, sort of like a – I mean, if physically, he's not as thick yet, but like Clinton yeah. Childs was similar in that way, right? And Quinton Castile, yeah. you, you know. But what do you expect, like style-wise, from those guys? What they bring from the high school games, which is all we've seen, to the college game? Well, it's uh, you know, like the Emmett Johnson one. I, I keep saying this, and, and maybe I've been too hard on the kid because he has gotten on the field as a special teams guy. He didn't have an offer from Minnesota. You know, and, and, and Nebraska was at a, in a transition period where they didn't have a running back coach. They had a, a staff that was recruiting him that was not going to be here in terms of they had interim guys like Ron Brown was not going to be a full-time guy. And so they offered him, and then he got here. And I know guys last year on that staff were like, I don't know if he's a Big Ten running back. So good on him that he is stuck with it. And he's gotten on the field for special teams, and now he's getting this opportunity. So to Quentin Ives, you guys know that – Nebraska, when they got him, he was the second guy to commit to Nebraska back in December, is E.J. Barthel was recruiting him, and Rule went to him and he said, we need a running back, who do you like? And he immediately said Ives. And so they looked at his film, and at the time, Nebraska had beat out Monmouth to get him. But he's really curious because I've, I've watched him in practice, and he's six foot three. Um, I would say, you remember Jay Sims, and I'm going back to the 90s. Jay Sims Sims was kind of a sleek, tall running back. We don't see running backs, especially at Nebraska, that tall. He's a tall guy. I really would like to see him play sooner than later to get a beat on him. But here's the thing is you're going to have to really hold on with these three running backs that are at the top of the list now because pass pro is an issue. And, you know, you lose Ramir, and Irvin was getting better at that. These guys have struggled in that category, so that just kind of – you know, it kind of takes it more on we're going to be a power running team and maybe we're going to only throw when we want to. But I don't know. I'll be curious when those two guys get in, but I really want to see Ives because it's an it's a unique style in terms of how he's built. Just real quick about uh, uh, Emmett Johnson, though, as a senior, not, not recruited by Minnesota, you're right, but he was named Mr. Football. 
He was the AP Offensive Player of the Year. He ran for 2,500 yards, 41 touchdowns, toted it 300 some times. So he did produce. <laughs> he did produce. We know that. Um, but interesting note that Minnesota wasn't after him. Yeah, I mean, I, you, you can read into it what you want. I, I would think, you know, if you if you look at the current staff and how they recruit, maybe an Emmett Johnson is one of those guys that's off the radar that nobody else knows about, and you get in first. You know, Ives was that guy. So Ives is like one of those players that is the first test of really the rule, way off the radar, but we trust our eyeballs and we trust our evaluation yeah. of our assistant coaches. So let's scholarship, scholarship him when everybody else is going, what are you guys doing? So that's, again, another layer of why I want to see him get on the field and see what he can do today. Because you think about it, we don't know if Ramirez will ever play football again. Irvin can come back. And then they really like Kawan Lacey in the class of 24 of a guy that can be a third, you know, a three down back. Gary Sharp is with us on Hill Varsity Radio Weekend Edition. I want to go over the defense here real quick. And yesterday we were going through wants and needs. And I said this defense, for me, needs to have at least two turnovers. Your thoughts on that and how they can get into that turnover margin? Well, I, I know that's everywhere. We all talk about that, uh, Connor. I mean, that's we, we, we all of us have talked blue in the face about Nebraska getting more turnovers. We've been doing that for a while. And we know that Nebraska is more likely to give it away than take it away. Here, And, and that's important in this game. And I think there's an opportunity to get yourself on the plus category. Um, uh, or they, you know, when you're in the winning the turnover margin. Here's my biggest thing today. So I like this defense is in a good spot, but I think this defense now, you know, we all know that they can get better. And guys like playing in this defense. I think two important things today, especially against this Louisiana Tech um, offense. I think Nebraska's sack numbers are going to be good today. I think we're looking at five, six, and remember they're going to have a backup quarterback as well starting uh, for them. But I also think here, here's the next thing: as Nebraska makes the next phase with defense in getting ready for the Big Ten, not just Michigan, but the Big Ten slate after today, is can they get off the field on third and long? You know, they were able to do that. They were able to win first and second down and put Northern Illinois in third and long, and then they were able to win third down. The games where they've struggled, Minnesota and Colorado, especially in that second half, both of those teams have converted third and long. So if they get in those situations today, I want to continue to see a stack of what they did last week, and that is get off the field. And if that's the case, then then you just got a little you got a little mojo and you got a little more confidence in another layer of this defense that is going to get better as the season goes along. That's one area today. I don't really expect a lot of the offense guys. That's one area today. I Nebraska defensively can't take a step back. They're in a good spot and they're starting to build and they're starting to stack. And so they need another one of those days where they just really handcuff this Louisiana Tech offense. Sharpie, to that point about the defense continuing to, to play at a standard and improve, do you think you see better productions when, when, you're, when you're talking five to six sacks today potentially? Is it with that four-man rush that Rule talked about earlier in the week, or do you think Nebraska still has to bring some pressure? No, I, I think they can. I, I think against Louisiana Tech, just watching their their games against FBS competition, I think you can stay the same. I don't think that White has to dial up extra pressure because you got a guy in the middle in Hutmacher who might through the first quarter pull be your defensive MVP. He has completely changed everything, guys. I know you guys have talked about him ad nauseum. He has changed everything in the middle because he has controlled it and he's allowed the guys to his left and right to operate and then the guys behind him. So he's keeping... He's keeping offensive linemen off the linebackers. And so I think when you have a guy like that who also is getting home, then I don't think you have to dial up extra stuff. And I don't, you know, I still think that Tony White doesn't want to put everything out there on tape because he's got a good enough blueprint right now that they can get to the quarterback and they're doing it without 
dialing up five, six guys or, you know, a plus two uh, pressure that we've had to see in the past where Chenander had to rely on that because they weren't as good up on the defensive line. You know, it's Gary Sharp with us here, a weekend edition, and I'll turn it over to Mark Cranach because if Mark has a question on the tip of his tongue, I don't want to step in, uh, step on the toes of the birthday boy. <laughs> hey, can I just say that Elijah and Bill, you look very comfortable sitting next to each other like that. Uh, yeah. 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 That's better. That's better, Elijah. You had to, your back going to stab him in the control. neck. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there, there's, Dolman's you know, not a, a hugger. Few questions. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> not. We got dog marbling and hugging. Sorry. <laughs> Listen, they are. They're kind of fat. Um, I don't know about them. I mean, who wants lean, tough, husky meat? No, thank you. I'm good. Uh, give me some they could be well insulated. Oh my goodness. You just got to uh, render that, that that exterior fat down a little bit, and you got good good fat for cooking, maybe. Holy cow. All right, I'm going to shut oh up. God. Crane, have, like, pull, a, pull the trigger Finger here. foods with their canines. Is that what you would do? <laughs> this is getting dark. This is just... Okay. See what so happens we learned a lot wins. about you guys today. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's been some, some comments in the stream about it, and it's uh, worth discussing because he's played a little. But Teddy Prohaska, bottom line is, I can't remember who left the comment here, but somebody had mentioned, like, are we sure he's that good? He's only played like a game and a half. And it's true. Right, like he he had he had the one start last year, and then he had a half game, and he was injured. I'm here to say yes. I, I think the entire left side of the line completely transformed when he was that left tackle. I think yep. he's enormous, just a giant person, and his feet move well. <laughs> and that's what you want for a left tackle. He is that good, right? Like it's a no. Yeah. If he's healthy, Gary Corcoran's out of there. Yes. And he goes and plays a position that he's more comfortable at. I don't know. It's it's a it's an interesting situation because it's almost like Rule has two guys, and and one of them has again back to our previous discussion about injuries. One has to be 100 percent before you put him out there because he wasn't 100 percent last year, and that put him in a bad spot. Um, you know, he he should have been he should never come back as early as he did last year. But there was so much urgency that you got to get Teddy on the field. You know, it didn't lead to his injury, but. You know, you, you, you didn't get the full Teddy. So he's, I think, close to 100%, but I want to see him use more than just being an unbalanced line guy. You know, he had nine snaps against Northern Illinois, and he would come in, he would take one snap, they'd have an unbalanced line, he'd go out of the game. So it's a, it's a weird thing that Rule doesn't really go deep into addressing. You know, there's no, like, you're in the doghouse or anything. I just think he wants him to be 100% so that he can get his first look at him because Rule has not seen him play since he's been here. You know, he just hasn't. You know, Teddy was hurt before uh, Rule took over, and he hasn't seen him, and it's been corporate out there. But at some point, you gotta you got to take off the, 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 the lab coat and let him go out there and play, and, and hopefully it is today. You know, it's just it's a, weird, it's a weird conversation when Rule gets into a conversation about Teddy or Anthony Grant. It's Gary Sharp with us here, a pregame edition of Hale Varsity Radio. And, Gary, if we're t- talking about the offensive line, I think we'd be remiss. Maybe we haven't spent enough time on it this morning. An extension of the offensive line is both the tight ends and the fullbacks. And a lot of Husker fans this week have talked about, well, if we're short on fullbacks, we want to see, or short on running backs, I should say, we want to see more fullbacks. What do you think we see from the fullbacks today? Are they going to be more featured in the offense or is it going to be more of the same? Well, uh, let me ask you this, Elijah. Like featured in the offense, like being utilized, like are on the field or actually getting a carry. Because they used used quite a few uh, 
uh, fullbacks last week. Liebentritt played a lot last week. Um, I don't know yeah. if that means they'll get another carry. I just think what we're going to see, we're going to see more. We're going to see more quarterback carries. <laughs> Our you know, friend and Brian from the Boulder. S- the Snitleys have have delivered <laughs> shots. Oh lordy. Uh, okay, they're got? getting served. Uh, uh, smells like fireball. It's apple juice. Meat or drinks over there. <laughs> uh, Chris and it's, uh, Elijah. It's apple juice. Um, the rest of us are not. Um, I'll take one right now. I'm, I'm not sure what the FCC guidelines are on Somebody this. Somebody get me an Uber. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Cheers, fellas. We do a show. What are we doing here? This apple, is great. Apple yeah. juice. Happy birthday, Cranach. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Cranach. Happy birthday, Cranach. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Appreciate it. Everybody listening right now. Yeah, everybody's getting hammered. Okay, here we go. Um, so, the, the, that was apple juice. Thank you, gentlemen. The uh, quarterback oh, yeah. position with Harbor. <laughs> Gary, he ran it well last time, yeah. and I think that was expected. He passed it probably better. Here's the thing maybe he didn't get enough credit for, though, is just having, you know, the, the off-script play yep. where he ran towards the sidelines, found Fedoni. Fedoni made a good catch. What did you make of, of that, of Heinrich being sort of having that ability, first of all, and then second of all, just having enough comfort to just go ahead and do that rather than being kind of overcome by the moment? He looked like he was just kind of playing ball. Yeah, and I think that's that's good and bad. I think there were times where they, they designed pretty good pass routes to get a guy open, and he didn't pull the trigger. And that comes with that was your first start. That was your first extended action. That's That's like – Today, you know, you want to see him make the next next jump mm-hmm. to being a quarterback instead of just a physical quarterback that runs the ball a lot and runs over people. I want to see him when he sees a guy to open, he's got to throw him. Um, you know, and, and there were times in the passing game where he just didn't feel comfortable throwing the ball, and they had guys open. They did a really good job of, of helping him out last week and designing routes to get guys open. And I think there were times where Harbert held onto the ball, and when he saw it, and Sims has done this too, he doesn't throw it right away. And so – They've worked with him this week in that of, of when you see something, do it. Don't don't think about it and pause because then the window closes. Um, so I want to see him be a quarterback today. I want to see him throw the football. Uh, just a note, Jeff Sims is out here um, with all the quarterbacks. He's in uniform. He's going through warm-ups. Doesn't look like he has a, a hitch in his giddy-up. We'll see when they break off on what units they're running, if he's with the two or the three, but he is dressed um, for today. Sharpie? Real quick, just uh, – Michigan just beat Rutgers 31 to seven, and along the lines of of your, of your conversation there, uh, Gary, in terms of Nebraska passing the football, I think Rutgers was a, a sub 70 yards on the ground against Michigan. So if Michigan's going to load up against Nebraska's run next week, there has to be some efficiency in the passing game. Yep, absolutely. You know, you know, I think Rutgers is able to hang a little bit with Michigan because they kind of play like Michigan, but they don't have the elite talent. You know, they run the ball, they try and squeeze the clock, and then they try and get it, you know, take a big swing in the fourth quarter. But, yeah, I mean, this is this is going to be a thing where that offensive line needs a big day today, and they should have the ability. I mean, this is a Louisiana Tech team that doesn't stop the run very well, but they've got to show us something because if not, next week's going to be you're, – you're going to be not only one-handed, you're going to have both hands essentially tied behind your back, and then how are you going to survive a 16-minute football game on offense? Sharpie, we'll see you shortly. Thank you so much. Appreciate you Happy jumping birthday, on. Krennic. There he is. Cranach, we'll talk to you next Saturday. Big gifts all year. Big thanks to Connor Clark, Elijah Herbal, Bill Dolman, Chris Schmidt here from the Single Barrel 
Roadshow uh, Saturday, weekend edition, powered by our friends at Sauter Heyman. We'll talk to you. Real Red Reaction follows immediately. Nebraska, Louisiana Tech, have a good one.